Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, back in the garage. This is the Brothers Ketchup, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to catch up. I'm Salbiazzi. With me, as always, is my brother. Frankie! I'm excited. So, I think the most relevant thing that's happened since we met for our last episode... First of all, by the way, I listened to last week's episode and sounded like garbage again. Which is fine, because, like, who cares? But also, uh, went to Best Buy to get a new microphone. Maybe to help improve the situation. I think a lot of it, we were recording downstairs, and there was no furniture or anything. It was it's echoing. an echo. Um, and my microphone is old now. It's, like, five or six years old. So, like, it's, it's older not, than that. My voice was a little, sound like I was on the phone, maybe a distant phone. Um, hopefully, now that we're back in the garage, it'll sound better. But... Microphone, how does Best Buy sell things that are so expensive? I was like looking up the product online that they're selling me. Free shipping, $50 less than what's in the store. I was very outraged by that. Yeah, I think Best Buy, the only way they make money now is just the delay in shipping. Amazon can only get you things so fast. They can get it to you like the next day. And Best Buy, their money is like when people need stuff that day. We're still here. I guess. But that's like the market. So if this still sounds bad, even though we're in the garage, and I'm, I, it's because I'm still using my mic and I'm planning on replacing the mic, but also, like, deal with it. Like, I mean, at the end of the day. Also, we don't care. Seriously. Um, but I think the most relevant thing that's happened since we last met is what we should start the podcast with. And clearly, that's... Also, it had happened before we last met. We just weren't... Up to date on it. Now we are, so it's most irrelevant. And this is the brothers' ketchup. It's not the world's ketchup. Doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. That's what we're doing. And that is the Game of Thrones season premiere of season nine. (laughs) It does kind of feel like it's just season nine, which I think is a good thing. It definitely is. But no, it's its own show, Sal. It is not season nine. I know you like the Hot D moniker. This is season one of Hot D. <laughs> House of the Dragon. It's both, really. I didn't realize it does say Game of Thrones it's, on the... It's a Game of Thrones It show. says Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. And that's absolutely what it should be. Like They, they knew... First of all, HBO needs it to be Game of Thrones. Do they, though? Yes. Why? They, well, who's... There, they, there's no other phenomenon in television, let like alone Game of Thrones. Let alone their shitty streaming service that has barely anything else to offer. They're taking Sesame Street off. You know, they need they need something. But if this season goes well, I think it's already gone well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, like, oh. when season two, why do our phones listen to us? When season two comes <laughs> out, I bet they drop. The Game of Thrones, like, association. Not that, like, oh, we're not Game of Thrones. No, they made it. But, like, they made it's, it. they're going to want people to refer to it as House of no, the Dragon. No, they're not. They want it to be Game of Thrones. Because every... It's like Star Wars. That's why the that's why the music was the same. That's why there was no intro last week. Well, there was no intro last week because it was a pilot. There was no intro last week because they wanted you to be right into the story. They didn't want you. They wanted you asking the question, like, "What am I watching here?" That's not true. I think they did. And I, then I heard pilots normally don't have full, full like opening credits. Sure, which I didn't know. But you did hear during the show, especially like in the scene when they're in the bar in episode one. 
the Game of Thrones music playing. The yes. That one, the season two. By yeah. the way, this is going to be spoilers. Like, if you're not a Game of Thrones, just fast forward till we're not talking about this anymore. Be like, For the time being, while this show is on, we're probably going to talk about Game of Thrones, and you can when assume it airs. When, it ta- we, when we talk about it, there will be spoilers for the show. Yeah. Like, we don't give a shit if you don't want to hear it. If you're listening to this. Yeah, so either watch it or, <laughs> or, or don't. don't. Alright. So, I, as soon as the intro started and they chose to put the Game of Thrones music to the intro scene and all they're changing is like the graphic you're listening, you're looking at. They're saying to you, like, this is Game of Thrones. This is essentially yeah, 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 yeah. this show. Because it need not only is it, it really is that it's hard. Because it and it sets the stage, I guess, for like all the other spinoff shows that are going to do, and they're all going to be Game of Thrones. It's all going to be Game of Thrones. Yeah, and there'd be a lot of it, and you can watch it all. It'd be dragons. Tune did you, in to did, HBO. You need HBO. Did you see what the Game of Thrones is? Did you see what George R. R. Martin said? <laughs> what? Like he he compared himself to George Lucas. He is at this and point, he, but he wants like a whole cinematic universe of all his stuff, which I think is great i but you have to finish the books no he doesn't HBO yes you have to finish the books if i were george rr R. martin i would be i would never finish the books i now have the easier way to go i have a team of people who want to visually put it on screen for me why would i sit but, and write it at my computer i just tell these people what happened you have to you have to write the story no the story's gonna be written on how TV. Are, but like how are you gonna, by hbo like so they were in talks for a sequel show with Jon Snow, like a Jon Snow sequel show. How do you how do you have a sequel show when we don't have the ending of the story? Are we just saying that the TV ending is the ending? That is the ending. I don't think that's I don't think that's right though. Sure it is. By the way, uh, HBO is learning from the mistakes of Disney. I'll never. I've said this on the podcast. I probably have told you this story a million times. I know I've told other people this story a million times, but I remember so vividly before even seeing *Revenge of the Sith* in theaters when I was in high school. I was talking to my friends at the lunch table, and I said, "A company like Disney should buy Star Wars, and there's an infinite amount of content. You could go anywhere in the timeline and tell any story yeah, you want. And it doesn't matter." what you want to do because it's your version. And then they That's what they're doing in Game of Thrones. There's a whole thousand year history that they could pull stories from. Well, that's why I don't want a Jon Snow sequel. As much as I love Jon Snow, don't I don't want that. You don't want to touch I like characters. this. I mean, that could still work because what Jon Snow does beyond the wall, maybe he's going to go, wouldn't you like to see a Jon Snow, Arya Stark show? Beyond the wall? Where she's... in exploring what happened to old Valeria and he's exploring what the White Walkers were to give you the answer to well, those questions. I don't know. I don't do know you if want I... to know what the White Walkers are? And Jon Snow's like trying to figure that shit out? But I don't know if we need it. No, we don't need it. But do, we don't need this. But I think we do. We need it in the sense that like I, I agree. Well, that's why I said this is the most important Have thing that's heard... happened. Since we so last like, met. Already having this show has opened doors to me that I didn't even know existed. That had already existed. And, like, that's my fault as a consumer, I guess. Like, I've never read the books. So like, I don't know that world. But, like, so I never knew. Because they didn't really do a good job in Game of Thrones talking about it. They mentioned it a couple times, and I guess I missed it. But, like, Arya's direwolf is named Nymeria. 
Nymeria. Oh, yeah. She's got a spinoff show probably in the works, too. That somewhere. show sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. Give when me that. she comes to I Dora. want an old Valyria show. But that's probably never going to happen because they already tried that and then they scrapped it. But still. I want that. I don't, And we can go forward in time. But if we're going to go forward in time, I think you go... Much more fun. I think it's cool that because we haven't had much Targaryen in the Game of Thrones show, to have this show kind of give us the Targaryen it, it, side, like, story, it's cool. And you know what's, like, really cool, too, is I'm watching interviews with with uh, George R. R. Martin. What a fascinating brain. Because, like, they're asking him questions about the Targaryens, and, like, he has all of the history he knows head. it, yeah, he knows. Like, he knows it. He's not like, uh, yeah, he's like, no, like, I, I can tell you every part of the history of, of the this fake movie. history and, like, this, even that I've invented. The stuff that's not even written down anywhere. It's like, well, no, he knows that because, like, in his brain. And it really makes you think about people who write stories, like, yeah, like, your story's good, but do you have a whole background of history? Did you, like, think about Harry Potter. Yeah. So, like, when, when J.K. Rowling is writing Harry Potter, she has to come up with some sort of history because you have to create, like, the houses. The houses are named after these old wizards. So she, I'm sure she has an idea, of, but, like, it's not as fleshed out as... Well, I mean, there's... There, similar to the Game of Thrones lore, there's additional history books, and, you know, Dumbledore has his whole backstory, and Voldemort just, has his whole childhood. Do you think childhood. it's frustrating like, to be him? George R. Martin? Yeah. To have it all in your head? Uh, no, it's probably, at this point, it's probably not frustrating, I would say. Do you think I it, mean, maybe he gets frustrated in terms of trying, like, people asking him repetitive questions about when he's going to finish writing. I would be frustrated by that. But I think he's probably, like, pretty stoked with where his work has gotten. Right? Uh, but, I'm, I'm in on this show. I really like it. And I... I did not have that much hype around it going in. I was, like, excited, I guess. I was like, okay, Game of Thrones show. Like, I didn't know how it was going to be. I really liked episode one. Thought episode two, obviously, they were setting a lot up. But I think that there's... Episode two was, to me, like a... Fanfic show about Game of Thrones even though it's not obviously because George R. R. Martin's literally mm-hmm. putting it together but I just mean in the sense of like it felt like almost like the good is the story is good and they're telling a good story and like even the dialogue's pretty good between people most of the time like sometimes it's a little wonky but most of the time it's good but like in the original Game of Thrones when we were just doing these exposition episodes where there wasn't going to be much action it was going to be a lot of like setting up and there's a lot to set up here and a lot of yes. time to cover and we're moving quickly through important events that are going to set up what's going to come in the future and all these things even when those episodes would happen in Game of Thrones there wasn't a lot of just like standing around talking to each other like it were a soap opera on daytime television and I feel like episode 2 was all that and especially where it was the most prevalent to me was the scene, spoiler, when the Hand goes and visits Damon on Dragonstone, Dragonreach, Dragon whatever the fuck, and they're standing there, and it's like, Hand shows up, 
Damon shows up, and then they just kind of talk at each other from across a little gap, and everyone just stands behind them, looking, looking literally like statues still. It never happened in Game of Thrones. Like, think about the scene when the hound is in the restaurant, and everyone's going on, talking, and then the guy comes over, sits down at the table, and they have their exchange. Or think about... I mean, it's every scene. You like, it never happened. The wedding scene. I don't know. I this don't know. This whole if that's... scene is two characters talking to each other, and in most situations, aside from like when they're walking. Now, in the original Game of Thrones, we know very prominent walking scenes yeah. through the garden. That happens. This happened in this episode. Yeah. Most every other scene, even like at the council, like when Tyrion is at the council or Tywin Lannister is at the council, there are things happening in the room. Tywin Tyrion's going to pour himself a drink, or. Or other characters so you're, walking you're in and out. missing movement. This is just like a staged play where people are... St- you stand here. Only episode two, because episode one was fine. Episode one, we had the night. Yeah, yeah. We had the tournament, but there was a lot more action in episode one. And, I'm, and I know going forward, there's going to be action. Episode two is, you know, you're building it's the world. Yes. You're and setting you're telling up a lot of exposition. But what I'm saying is, in the exposition scenes in the original series... There's a lot. Things are happening. Well, even in okay, so that's fair. Think like, about even, like the war, the war well, chamber between like Melisandre and Stannis when they're in like well, they're literally can, in the same room. You can even go back to episode one of the show when uh, is it the second small council meeting and they're talking, but Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra, God, the names are tricky. This is so hard. Rhaenyra, the the princess, the princess is pouring wine in Corley's declines the wine yeah like we're telling things about the characters about the characters with it yes. that did not happen in episode two so that to me is more indicative of like the quality of this show versus what the quality of hbo now this we're a lot removed now from when game of thrones was airing and this is a whole different era of television so like i think that there's going to be a lot that happens going forward that there's not going to be a lot of scenes like what we just saw in this episode because like I think going forward because of the, this is essentially going to be a story about a war you know yeah and like a long war I don't necessarily so I understand what you're saying think about the seasons of Game but like, of Thrones I don't think you, it was something that I even really picked up on so like I don't think it's that big of a deal no but I mean I think it is a big of a deal when we talk about like what would you give early Game of Thrones episodes like that it show, depends I don't know them off the top of my head I just think that that show, very from season one on, but I think it's on like, its own. Let me finish. Let me finish. On its own, grounded itself as being like special because of its well-rounded storytelling, but also visual presentation, but also dialogue, but also mise on scene. Everything about it was solid, and this isn't there. Like this isn't what that was. But I think it's story-wise has what it's going to take to just keep people invested in it and be yeah, but a big I, show. I don't think... I think that might be a little bit of just, like, memory looking back on things. Because I think if you went back and rewatched Thrones, like, I... There's got to be episodes where, like, it's very similar to just, like... Yeah, we're, hey, we're just setting stages here. We're just kind of moving the plot along. We're going to see. But I still just can't shake the feeling that it does feel like through two episodes it's kind of like knock off Game of Thrones I don't feel that at all I feel like it's a little bit but not enough to, to make it a negative like I want more Game of Thrones content but I just think as we go forward like you're making hopefully you don't get to the point where you're like making copies of copies no I think 
which it, it could happen. But I have a lot of... I don't know this Ryan Condal guy at all. Yeah. I have so much faith in him for not knowing <laughs> who he was a day ago. He's now my best friend. But he's a fucking nerd who loves Game of Thrones, and I think he's going to do it justice. And I think... Ow. And I think it's going to... At, at some point... This is my prediction. At some point, I think this will overtake Game of Thrones. Well, that'd be cool. I think it has the potential. I think we're... Because think about how hard... Dude, like, think about how much pressure was on that first episode. Like, we know what Game of Thrones was. Like, forget how it ended and, like, the taste it may have left in some people's mouth. It was, for a long run, the best thing that's ever touched a television screen. It was really fun. And it won't ever... And it's been fun through two episodes to tune in and watch. And, like, even though yesterday's episode was kind of boring for Game of Thrones standards... Yesterday... It was, I was we cooking, need that information and the story is I was cooking dinner at like 7.30 and like I got like a little jitter in my stomach, like in my heart and I was like, you know, it's kind of cool to have a television show that I'm amped up about again because I haven't felt that way for a show since Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest, I, I think it's something only Game of Thrones can do. Which is why this is Game of Thrones. Correct. All right, you sold me on that. That's why they play the music. That's why it's in the title. I'm they want you to know very clearly. I'm this still is gonna more Game it, of Thrones. I'm still going to call it Hot D. Yeah. Because I think Hot D is just a good name. And like I'm so sold on. I'm a big Damon Targaryen for the throne guy. Um. The story is interesting, and I'm so excited for when it is more like the war seasons of Game of Thrones, when like we have. We're following factions through the geography. I'm okay waiting. I don't need that right now. No, yeah, I know. Because going back to Game of Thrones, like I was in the middle of rewatching. Well, not in the middle. Well, they're going to spend a lot of of the season building that tension and giving you the backstory of all these characters. Season one is a long, slow build to war. Yeah, like there's no war in season one, but you're feeling the tensions. You're like, oh shit, like things aren't going well. We're starting to find out things about this this dynasty that they're trying to... Like, there's just a lot going on. And this is, like... It's going to be also, that, too. This is, like, all infighting. This is so all like, Targaryen. The best thing about this episode was actually the preview for next episode, in my opinion. So that's what I heard. I didn't watch the preview for next episode. Uh, mostly because I was just too quick to turn the TV off after it ended. Um, but that's what everyone's saying. Everyone's like, yeah, next week looks good. I mean, the most interesting stuff... Like, this episode was interesting in that you're getting all this information that you need to get. But for the most part... Nothing really happened in terms of like. How sick is Crab Feeder, by the way? It's gonna be interesting. What a cool name! I like that we're in this time where we haven't established like the Iron Islands yet, so there's all this there's uncertainty a lot of, about there's what's a lot of stuff, there. man. Uh, I think Corlys, Corlys, yeah, and Damon, absolute power couple. These two together can run. Shit. Well, it's gonna it's gonna split. You're gonna have like I know I know the Lannisters are gonna support the crown and like the Starks support the crown and like it's just gonna be it's gonna be a civil war, man. It's gonna be fun between the and Damon is awesome. Like him just sending that provoking letter, like fucking awesome. So I've been I've been doing a lot of like listening, and I've been getting ideas presented that like I hadn't thought about. What if the Maesters are really just like this 
Well, that's the deep state. They're, they're, they're the deep inspired. state, man. They're they just got a, their own plans. They're against the dragons. They don't want these dragons around. The, the acting, I think, has been really good. I think the performance... Some of the, some of the acting has been pretty good. Like, I think Matt Smith, every time he's on screen, I think he steals the scene. And I, But I don't know if that's real or if that's just it's me loving biased. Matt Smith. Well, after the episode ended, I literally put on the first episode he was Doctor. I That's so funny because I, after the first... As I was watching the first episode, because I was watching it three days like, after the fact, I paused in the middle of it and I just went and watched a bunch of Matt Smith speeches from Doctor Who. Like I watched his... Uh, Rings of a Cotton speech. I watched the Pandorica speech. He's good. He's good, man. Yes, it's going to be fun watching him be a badass Targaryen. Hopefully he stays on for the show for a long time. I mean, according to the story, he's in it for a long time. So I think it's weird that there's going to be a 10-year jump at some point. I mean, it makes sense. You got to. You have to have it. Yeah. Because, like, I think that that's cool though. But like, between now and the next is, episode, we had a six-month jump between episodes. The story is long. In and terms this of episode, time period. This episode covered like month, weeks. It was a six-month six-month jump. And then this episode covered weeks in that time frame, yeah. a couple months itself. And then next episode, we're going to be like over a year ahead. It looks like. So. Because, but that makes sense, though, right? Like, think about because things are happening. But think about causing, like in our time right now, we talk about it week every week on this podcast. We talk about things are collapsing week, week to week on this podcast. There's no change in our society. But over the past two years that we've done this podcast, it's a we, fucking different world. <laughs> things are things are changing. So I don't. We don't need to see the day to day of nothing happening. Yeah. We just need to see the minute differences that make these huge changes over time. Yeah, like what decisions are being made and who's choosing to do what and then how that's impacting everything else yeah. and what the result of all that is I'm so, I'm going to plant my flag in Damon and Rhaenyra 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 those are my two those are my two people right now well Rhaenyra Rhaenyra is clearly the hero the most heroic of the characters so I like far. her and I like Damon and Damon is is my favorite character. Did you know Damon is like George R. R. Martin's favorite character? I hope so. I hope like in the whole, not just like in this he's story. He's the boo of... In all of Game of Thrones and all the characters he's ever written. He's like, no, like Damon's like the best. Well, I hope Matt Smith... He's like my favorite. I hope Matt Smith just does it justice and ends yeah. up being But yeah, awesome. dude, in that first episode when he's got the the helmet that has like the dragon wings on it and the long red tail, I was like, he's fucking Lou Boo out here. Fuck Karsten. Or whatever his name is. Kristen. Cole. When in episode two, when he calls him Crispin, what's your name, Crispin? <laughs> Kristen. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Um, and then I guess the other thing that happened is uh, the student loan shit. Yeah, man. It just makes me so mad. This uh, is exactly. It's already over, by the way. Yeah, no one's talking about. No it one's anymore. talking about it anymore, no which cares. is nice because it's the stupidest thing to argue about. This is exactly, because it, it's literally nothing. This is exactly what we talk about when we say policy doesn't matter. Like, this whole idea that we have... We're in a post-policy political society. If you don't get it, that your arguments about policy are dumb at this point, it's beyond... Nothing we can do to help you. Don't listen to this podcast. But we're arguing about the smallest little crumb off the table of the corrupt government to to barely anyone. 
Well, this is why the policy argument is stupid. It's so dumb. Because if we're talking policy, for some reason, I get boxed in with the Republicans these days, which I don't care because I don't, I don't identify with them, but sure. Well, guess what? When it comes to this shit, I think they're stupider than any Democrat <laughs> I can possibly talk to. So, like, it has nothing to do with your policy. Yeah. And everything to do with just, like, if you can't figure out right now in this time that we're in that it has nothing to do with if Biden wants to give $10,000 to, which is so little money, so little, <laughs> it makes no impact. Um, it makes no impact on my student loans. None. Well, let's just say, let's take this situation with the student loans. Let's also take the situation with $15 minimum wage. And then let's also take the situation with, say, like, I don't know. You can name a million things. But let's Portion. say. No, that's, let's say. Are you going for fiscal? I just want something that's, like, relevant to liberals that. Let's just take the $15 minimum wage and the... Giving Ukraine money. We've been doing this for 20 years now, almost. Oh, yeah. Like, talking about forgiving student loans, talking about raising the minimum wage, talking about economic wages and, and the unemployment and how it's the 99% against the 1% and all these things. While when Democrats are in power, things get more expensive, taxes go up, your property value increases in terms of like how much it costs to live somewhere. Your your life is sucked out of you economically, and then you're being like the uh, healthcare is a good one because like it's twenty years we're talking about healthcare. The Democrats wrote the healthcare bill. They pitched. They lied to you about it every step of the way. There's evidence. Twenty all this time yeah, like, later. Is healthcare better now than no, it was? No, worse. it's worse. So, like, they sell you these, like, half measures that aren't even half measures. They're actually, like, harmful. Like, this $10,000... They've been postponing all the debt the government holds. Like, I can make a compromise. Which, well, Sal, this is why, when we're just... If we are talking about policy, what drives me nuts is, like, the Republicans never attack things from the side I think that they should. Yeah. You shouldn't attack this student loan plan that it's bad because we're forgiving student loans. You should attack it because it's not enough. It's not doing anything because for the what right is, people. Because it, it's, what is it, right? Like, it's literally just a thing to do because the, the brain-dead segment of the Democratic Party goes, We, want we did loans. it. Like, we did it. We, we fixed student loans. Like, no, you didn't. You didn't do anything. The government holds a couple hundred billion dollars in student loan debt that they've been delaying for the start of the pandemic and now that that's running out it's in the trillions it's whatever it is now that it's running out they they can't cancel it right the government shouldn't be in the the, the business of holding the debt of students we wipe away more debt and economic uncertainty from corporations constantly. Every single bill we pass is a handout and a bailout. It's a How funnel do we wealth bottom to top. You cannot tell me that that deleting, hitting the delete button on the student loans that we haven't collected on in two years is impossible and immoral. Well, is there a number somewhere of just like what 2009 was? Yeah, it's 
Like, like, what was the number? Three trillion dollars. That we were just like. It was one trillion dollars. Listen, stimulus to the auto if industry. we don't, if we don't just give it to them, we'll never recover. So like, we just got to do it. Things are gonna break. But this is what I, this is what gets me going on student loans. Is like, your plan as a government was to suck the money out of your youngest, most vulnerable people in your country. It was predatory. You forced people to go to college, said if you can't go to college, you're never going to get a job. You raised college prices 700% since the 80s, and you're sending these people to college with anyone could get these loans. doesn't matter. You, you, go to, you deserve the right. You have the right to go to college. You should go to college. We will give you this loan. We're going to charge you 18% interest, and when you get out, you're going to owe us your entire life, and you're going to be a working drone for us, and you're never going to have financial freedom, and you're going to be in a ton of debt, and every single financial advisor on the planet would advise you against doing this. But, you know, this is just what society has become. And at some point, your society can't handle that. You can't sustain a wave of these 18 to 20-year-olds that are coming out of college every single year with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. It's not $30,000 of debt. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you have the conservatives who are like, well, that's not for the people who paid off their loans. Like, what? The people who paid off their who loans? Who paid off their loans, by the way? The, what are they, in their 60s right now? <laughs> who cares about those people? Good for them. <laughs> but, like, that, that's the... Listen, there's so many parts of the argument that I just don't understand. What about the people who paid off their loans? I don't know. They probably got a good job. Good, good for, for them. them. If they paid it off, I'm sure they're fine. Do you, want, do you want ten thousand dollars from the government? Maybe I believe that should be a thing too. You should give. Yeah, like I'm not even against that. Like <laughs> propose that as an idea. Sure, you paid off your loans. Good job. Here's a little, here's a little credit for you. Here's ten thousand bucks. Sure, just don't give it to Ukraine. Oh, we have a special baby guest. Hi, Come Rose. Here, baby. Can I have a kiss. I love you. Oh, hi, baby. Can you say hello? How was your nap? Can you say hello? Hello. Hello. Rose. Rose, you miss me? You see Uncle Frankie? Do you miss me? Can you give Uncle Huggy? Where are you going? I'm going to go for a wagon ride. But it's really, really hot, so maybe we'll just play outside. It is really like, hot. Is she, water. What? is she peeing? Water. What? Is she peeing? You just see liquid dropping out from... Oh, oh it's, it's her bottle. It's water bottle. I was like, she has a diaper on. I would hope not. We'll be wrapping up soon. Okay, People are probably bored out. listening to us anyway. Yeah. Bye, Rose. Have fun. Is it, is it fair to say that the student loan money isn't real? No, but see, we've talked about this on the podcast how many times. The economy isn't real. Nothing is real. The money like, isn't real. You went, can we say where you went to college on here? We don't have to say it. You go to a college. Sure. Nameless college. Tuition per year is $50,000. You got a scholarship for $25,000, let's say. So you are now owing your school $25,000, right? Over four years, that is $100,000. That's the loan you need to get. Let's say you don't get it from a private third party. It's a government-funded $100,000 loan. Is the government going to the treasury or wherever they have to go and saying, Salbiazzi needs $100,000. We're going to write him a check. We're going to send that to this to the school. <laughs> and that way, when the school gets the money, they go, oh, look, Sal did pay. 
we got it right here from the government. They gave us a hundred thousand dollars. They go cash for that, and then the school just has a hundred thousand. Well, there's a whole there's a whole system of people who collect that. That that money bounces back and forth. So that from. money is never really ever anywhere. It's in computer. It does. It's not real. Is like what I'm saying. So let's just pretend that it did never existed. Take it from the colleges. Well, that's listen. Remember, go to I, all their endowments that are in the billions. If take you remember, ten like percent. I was slamming the table not too long ago on this podcast about Andrew Yang before he became another stooge, just like Bernie Sanders. But that was his point when it came to like free college. He's like, well, the reason why I think college should be free is not because let's well, give people things, but it's like the cost of it isn't doesn't make any sense. Like, why are we paying administrators? Why are out? Why are administrators outnumbering students? And why are we paying them? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's why college is expensive. Stop. Like, just stop it. it. Let's stop giving professors tenure and paying them out their ass. And hiring everyone and their mother to write Facebook posts. Dude, it's crazy. So, uh, the student loan shit drives me nuts. It's dumb. It's like the dumbest argument. And every time I see a conservative crying, like, Oh, if you don't want to pay it, don't take it alone. Like, fuck you, dude. Dude, oh. I don't think the government should exist, but short of the government not existing, they should be spending the money on the people that live in the country and need it the most. And I think that whether it's a doctor or a plumber, if they have student loan debt, they incurred, they incurred that debt educating themselves. And in this era, usually at the behest of a guidance counselor or state government voice. They should have that loan if it's only what's held by the government too like I'm not an advocate for private student loans being forgiven and I hold private student loans like I'm not saying go to Discover Bank and cancel that debt I think you should but I won't advocate for it okay but that's a different mechanism because those are again private banks but the money that the government's holding is the government's money you're saying to the kids that you sent to college on that money you're holding them upside down with their ankles give me that money when the bank does it, I mean, that's what the bank's supposed to do. Well, I don't like it. It's not fair because you, no one got educated about this. Not where I went to school. I don't think where most people went to school. Like, there wasn't, like... There wasn't a student loan class. No one sat down with you about, like, what the student loan is going to mean to you. And, like, no one actually said, hey, the median average income for college graduates is, like, $36,000, and your student loans are going to cost you, like... $800 a month. <laughs> like, you, you're not going to be able to afford to buy a house. You're going to be afford rent. Remember, this is before we had a podcast, and we would, like, do our walks through the neighborhood, and we talked about how, like, the, the number of, like, multifamily homes is going up. Yeah. Like, the, the, the amount of generations living in the same home is going up. Yeah, yeah. And it's because of this. It's because of student loans. Because these kids are getting out of college and they're, the jobs, the high-paying jobs aren't there. And so they get out of school and they have this debt and they can't afford to move out. They can't afford to buy a new car. So, like, what do you do? It's a mess. You shoot yourself in the head. It's an absolute mess. So the suicide and the rates best, are going up. And the best Republicans can do is be like, we're spending too much money on no. communism. Meanwhile, like, how like, many dude, of them... How many Republicans signed the fucking Ukraine bill? They like, go do. fuck yourself, dude. They, they sign up to every bullshit thing the Democrats want to do. 
Yeah, so fuck off. And then McConnell's like going to wonder why he's going to lose. First of all, Mehmet Oz is going to lose Pennsylvania. It's going to be hilarious. They're going to they're not going to hold the Senate, which they should have walked in too easily. But it's because they're the same. And the Democrat voter doesn't understand that the Republican, outside of Trump, essentially, I mean, what, Josh Hawley, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, well, Thomas Massey, maybe. Isn't it annoying like that I have to fight I already have to fight Democrats on a daily basis. Yes. But now I have to fight them like on four different fronts because <laughs> I can't defend the Republicans because their stance. No, yeah, they're wrong. And it's like how like just give me give me something. Give me some sort of backing. <laughs> Yep. I'm hot. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that's my what ankles. Else? My ankles are sweating. What else could we possibly even say? I mean, the world, it just keeps turning. Oh, you know, I was listening to the song, um, We Didn't Start the, the Fire. The wheel in the sky keeps on turning. No. No? We didn't start the fire. And I had, like, a new appreciation for it I was listening to it because, like, the song is really just about how all these things are out of anyone's control and we are all just subject and victim to it and it will continue long after it incinerates us all and we die it's actually a great thing to kind of keep in mind because <laughs> when you when you are when you do find yourself arguing online it feels like you why can are you do arguing something? with that person that person didn't do this i didn't do this why are we fighting each other well, we about can't it? do anything about it because it's the <laughs> fuckwads above us we didn't stop the fire it was always burning since the world's been turned. And I'm like, Billy, you know what it has been, Billy. Billy Joel was right all along. Damn it. Um, There's one more thing I want to talk to you about. Okay. That I am shocked didn't come up at any point. Okay. Over the week that you didn't even mention it to me. Interesting. And maybe it's because you're banned on Twitter. So maybe you won't even know. I might not. I don't pay attention to anything anymore. John McAfee's alive. What? My boy John McAfee is alive? So you, don't, you haven't seen any of the videos? No! What? This is amazing. So he is in a... Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is why I was curious how it... I was like, there's no way you, you wouldn't have... He's a psychopath. Have... Is he, he faked his own death? So he faked his own death to get away from the system, and he's been posting these videos from this secure room well, made they, of tinfoil watched... that no signal can get into. John McAfee's, by all accounts, everyone's like, what these he are saying? like recent videos. These aren't... What does he say? Let's pull one up. I love John McAfee. So yeah, I mean, like he's. I love anyone who, like the first meme that comes up is John McAfee is alive in our hearts. No, in real life. Did you see that clip of Sam Hyde challenging Hassan Piker to fight? It's the funniest thing to me in the world. Uh, Did you see it? What that clip of Sam Hyde challenging Hassan Piker to fight? No. Come on. I want to hear John McAfee. He's been dead for so long. Has he been dead a year yet? Hmm? Has he been dead a year yet? I want this I don't think so. cage of tinfoil and metal is all about that's around me. It's a Faraday cage. A Faraday <laughs> cage is a cage which emits no signal and no signal 
can enter. And you can see here, it's all around. So people are... I, I don't know if it's confirmed that these are all definitely, like, recent. This is, but, I mean, everyone I seems to be on the same page. Like, hey, John Magdy is not going to this trouble. Oh, in addition to the Faraday cage, we have... Like, this video was, like, just posted. channel scrambler. Well, I followed the telegraph after he died that was supposedly going to be called his, like... signal from getting this room. So, yeah, John McAfee, man. Pretty sweet. Wait, did you see the clip of Sam Hyde trying to box Hassan after his match with that other guy? No. Oh, my God, that's so funny. He goes, Hassan Piker, I'm, I challenge you. I'm coming... I'm coming to kill you in your home in L.A. And then the guy's like, in the ring, you mean? And he goes, no, in real life. <laughs> I'm going to wear his skin like a suit. I'm going to become obsessed with him and track his movements. I'll wear his dresses. <laughs> I would love to see Hassan Piker get his ass beat by Sam Hyde. It would be so funny. Hassan Piker is one of the dumbest public pundits of politics who has a massive audience. There's a lot of those Destiny guys. isn't dumb, but says some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard anyone say. Vosh might be mentally handicapped, but Hassan Piker is like the pretty girl at school who every time she opens her mouth, you can't believe that she has a social circle at all because you need to have some sort of intellectual capacity. Sam Hyde is much bigger, though. Yeah, he's a big dude. That sounds big. That sounds probably six foot. You know that Hassan Piker? I'm coming to kill you in Los Angeles at your house. Or in the ring. No, in real life. I'm going to stalk him and become obsessed with him and wear his makeup and his dresses and use his skin as a coat like the ancient Irish did. Well, that's your winner, Sam. Hey, <laughs> literal threat. <laughs> that's hilarious. Is there anything else? No. Right. When you think about Hassan Piker, though, like he's literally Jank Uger's nephew, and Jank Uger's one of the dumbest political pundits who's allowed to speak. That's the thing. Like, I wouldn't care if it weren't like Nick Fuentes, who I don't like. And, and Andrew Tate, who I don't like, they're not allowed I'm forced to, have a to defend because yes. they can't. Nick Fuentes is on fucking no fly lists, and and Andrew Tate can't have bank accounts. Like this is insanely unfair. When Jake Uger and his son Piker get paid by the fucking literal same billionaires who fund the CIA, NSA, Fox News, CNBC, it's the same people paying their paychecks. It's the world we live in, though. You know, just that's what it is. And we've been documenting it for the last few years. We'll continue to do so until we are no longer allowed. We're a Game of Thrones podcast now. This is a Game of Thrones podcast. Hot D, baby. <laughs> Tune in every week. Luckily, we record Mondays, so we'll be able to recap Game of Thrones every week for the next... Am I going to just start basically living here on Sundays? Watch watch football and then go right into the Game of Thrones? We should do that. We should have like a nice big Sunday meal every week. Like a pot roast. It'd be fun. Oh, I had White Castle today. Was it good? They have a new item on the menu. It's the 19... Double surf and turf. 1912 burger, I think. Oh, can I guess what it is? Okay. 1912. 
Or 1712 or something like that. Is it just potatoes? No. <laughs> it's essentially like it's a, a bigger meteor slider. Like it's supposed to be more like a pub slider. It's actually pretty good. What's like, the point? Well, here's the point. You know what a White Castle slider is. Yeah. But, like, if you were to tell someone who's never heard of White Castle before you want to go get sliders, they'd be like, well, that's not a slider. That's something totally different. Well, now when you take in the White Castle, you could be like, they also have sliders you're thinking of from, like, a pub. But that's, like, but maybe White Castle is not affecting me. But, like, when I think sliders, I think White Castle. Dude, they put tomatoes and pickles and lettuce and grilled onions on it. That. And there's, like, four different types of cheeses you can get on it. I don't want there's that. There's a ghost pepper cheese. I was too afraid oh, to try it. Dude, on Friday, yeah. I went to Chick-fil-A. I think, for some reason, Chick-fil-A, I can eat more of than, like, any other fast food. I was so sick from being like full, you ate yourself sick. On I Chick-fil-A? ate myself sick on Chick Fil A. I ate so much, I was stuffed. Like for like thirty minutes after, my stomach was like, oh. it was good though. Two sandwiches, two full sandwiches, large fry, and something else too. Disgusting nuggets, grilled chicken, of course. Nah, spicy. Get a spicy deluxe meal and then another spicy deluxe sandwich. Gotta go with the fingers. I don't like the fingers. Alright, I'm bud. Good night, everyone. Or good morning, or whatever. Comes natural. Okay. Have you watched any Tobin stuff? Uh, from the show or just him? He's so funny because he's still so on the Tom Brady stuff. What do you mean? Like Tom Brady came back and gave that press conference like two days ago or yesterday. His eleven day absence where he got. Yeah, and he he got a new. I I wasn't going anywhere but Tampa Bay. And Tobin's like, why isn't he in trouble? <laughs> His friends, Dana White is saying that he was negotiating on behalf of the Raiders to get him in Las Vegas at the same time the Dolphins are being punished for having a meeting with him on a boat. And Tom Brady could just stand there and say, I was always going to Tampa. <laughs> well, the Dolphins get treated differently.
We get slapped around constantly. Not wonder, usually by the league, though. I wonder why that is. Well, Miami's just an easy punching bag because their sports fans are, like, we're loud, but there's not, like, enough of us for anyone to give a shit. Is it because well, they're the not... The Dolphins have a pretty big fan base. I was just going to say, is it because, like, they're not unified, though? Because, like... Yeah, but, like, it's, we're not really based like, in Like, think about, like, the Yankees, right? Big fan base. Yeah, you have all of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, or half of Connecticut. Very big area where it's... Lo- it's everywhere, but it's very localized. Miami Dolphins is, like, they're just kind of sprinkled all over the place, which makes no sense. There's a lot in Miami, but, like, Miami isn't a big sports town, so yeah. it's not... Um, but I, I don't know. My dream, dude, I woke up, I thought it was hilarious. Because usually I, I don't really remember my dreams, and then also that I dream... I've had a few memorable Dolphins dreams in my life, like, that I still remember to this day. You know it's bad when you're dreaming about... About a sports About team. a sports team. I don't know if I've ever had a memorable Yankee dream. Like, I can't remember a dream that I've had well, about the Yankees. to be fair, the Yankees don't give you anything to dream about, you know? They live the dream yeah. most of the time. Yeah, Except for this decade. But the Dolphins, on the other hand, it's like, all you really want in life... I've had the Matt Flynn dream. I don't know if I ever told you that dream. How many Yankees... Like, we've talked about this. Like, how many Yankees World Series does it take to equate to one Dolphin Super Bowl? It was like, nine? And that my Matt Flynn dream shows you how bad I am at sports analysis. Because, boy, that's what my subconscious thinks. I was so wrong. It was when we hired, we hired Joe Philbin in that offseason. Matt Flynn had that, like... Game few game stretch where he like came in and backed up Aaron Rodgers and was really good going into his free agency, and the Dolphins. You had a dream like they got Matt a quarterback and were. So I had I had the dream they, well they hired Philbin and I had the dream that they were like going after Flynn and Matt Flynn was going to come in here and be like the savior for like the Dolphins franchise, and in my dream he was like larger than life and he had a beard. I don't know if he still has the beard, but he was like bearded, and like shirtless and like muscular and I I remember the dream I look up at him and I go please Matt Flynn win the Super Bowl for us and he like pats me on the head and he says you got it kid you should be embarrassed that you put your hopes (laughs) on Matt Flynn and Joe Philbin so that was wrong so I know I remember that dream I know I I had this one dream I used to have but this is like when I was really little, so I don't remember as mu- I don't remember the details super well. But I used to have this dream that's essentially like Dan Marino and I were like in a car together, like speeding around and like talking about how much he liked being a dolphin. It's a weird one. I know. Well, that was because I liked Ace Ventura, the movie. I think. Okay. But then last night I had the dream. It's essentially what we did to the Eagles, except it was the Super Bowl, and we were playing the Buccaneers. Just blow them and out. And we blew the Buccaneers out, and, like, before the game ended, Tom Brady retired, and, like... Like, does he pull, like, an A-B, where yeah. he just, like, He's takes like, the jersey out. off? Yeah, I'm out. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then... The like, second half of the game isn't even broadcast. It's just that there's a camera just on Tom Brady. Tom Brady right? And, like, Dolphins are but we're, we're playing... So, like, the whole dream is, like, me, well, like, happy we're winning, but also, like, no one's talking about what the Dolphins are doing. It's just, like, the Tom Brady story. It was just really pathetic. Yeah. But I don't know why. I have, like, even in your wild, even <laughs> in your wildest dreams, Being a Dolphins the fan. best quarterback you can conjure is Matt Flynn. <laughs> and when you win a Super Bowl, it's all it's about Tom Brady. by Tom Brady. I mean, if that doesn't sum up the Dolphin fandom, That's I don't know what does. That's my subconscious, man. So, 
I thought it was funny. And then the Yankees are doing that thing where uh, we said... They're bad at if baseball. I said on the podcast, because we talked about this, when do we panic? Because the lead was still at like 11 or 12 games, and I said we seven. We set the number at seven. We're at seven, seven and, and a half. half. So like, yeah, who knows? Maybe we can never get lower than seven and a half. Maybe that's this it. This is the low water mark right here. Hey, that'd be fine. But if it gets to six, five, four, like I don't think, think you're spiraling out of control. Well, here's like why. Seven here's, is like the point here, of no return. Here's why seven is the number. Anything above seven, so seven and it's a half, feel like a lot. eight, nine. That's a lot of games. That's tough to make up. That's a, a full. Month, week, that's a, a full month, week of baseball where month. you could lose every game in the week. And the other team could win every game of the week, and they'd still be behind. So, it's a lot. Seven and below is, hey, that's a couple good series, we, and you're gone. That's less than half of what you were at just about a month ago. And here's the thing. At this point, I can't handle the Yankees playing 500 ball the rest of the way. And missing out, this thing is scary looking. See the stinger on that thing? I think it's a penis. I couldn't possibly handle. Like, if the Yankees just play, like, 500 baseball the rest of the way and lose the division, it's going to be... That's going to suck more than if they just... If they just fall out, suck the rest of the way and miss out on the division, whatever. Well, it might come down the wire. I can live with that because you're an embarrassment. But if you just, like, write the ship enough to be 500, but, like, the other teams are playing really well, and you lose it that way, ugh. You saw the reports, right? What reports? About Cashman. Oh, that he's coming back next year no matter what? Yeah, of course. Well, but what did you think? Did That's you think he was going to be fired? propaganda. He's going to be fired if, it, if No, he's not. Happens. He's not. He absolutely will be. No, he won't. I don't know how you don't understand this yet. <laughs> he has... The job for life, it's his until he decides it's not his. Hal is one of the worst owners, be, not not one of the worst owners, that's a gross overstatement, but he's on the track to becoming a, a very bad owner. You've done nothing with this franchise since it's become yours, and it's getting worse. The decisions that you let Cashman make don't look good. If you let Judge walk, that's going to look bad on you, not really Cashman. It's just going to overall, like, you're on a, you're, you're getting close to being on a very bad track. What if opening day next year, your roster has Oswaldo, Cabrera, Peraza, Volpe on it. That means nothing. And then Dominguez is going to be on the... But- Team by July. But here's the problem with that. You don't know if these guys are good because you refuse to actually bring them up and try them out. They're good. Are they? Dominguez is tearing it up right now. Who cares? I do. That's that's awesome. But we see kids tear it up in the minors all the time that turn into nothing. What? Dominguez is Martian. You have to, at some point, actually put them on the team, and you should do it supplementally so that you know what they are. Yeah, but he's only just now you can't, to hit. But, like, you went into this season putting all of your stock into these kids. No, all your stock was in IKF and Glaber Torres. That's why the stock Josh was Donaldson. in the kids, because you did not go out and pursue. No. Which is fine. But you we, didn't, How are we supposed to know Josh Donaldson wasn't going to I hit? need you to, to stop being sarcastic. What? <laughs> this, you understand what I'm saying. Like, we are, you can't, 
put all of your eggs into the basket of prospects all right, and then go the entire season not knowing what your prospects are and then what in 2023 it's just the kids show and you just hope to god it works out that's the, this year should have been plan, the kid that's the next plan this year should have been the kid show if, if that was the case no that what let me throw this at you it's Aaron crazy Hicks. what about him Look, we were banking on him being a 270 hitter. Who was? Who was banking on that? Cashman we, we was. Were. Fans <laughs> weren't. I think 80% of the fan base was like, we're really going with X. Are you sure? That, like, that's okay, but like... How are we supposed to know he couldn't sniff when we know on base? Listen, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this dance with you. Dude, I can't get pretending. over how bad IKF's numbers are. Every time I look at them now, I'm like, I look at that. I look at them and I'm just like... They're so bad. And what's crazy is, like, <laughs> as much as, like, as bad as he is, he's not even the worst part of this team. Yeah, for real. And like, that's a problem. He'd be a good, he'd be bad. He'd still be one of the worst shortstops in the American League. He's if the he's, the flat out. He's worst. a bottom five shortstop in baseball. All of baseball. That, think about how bad you are. I don't to be. know enough to make that claim, but I'm pretty sure he's bottom three. well i know his numbers where he ranks offensively <laughs> in the in the it, offensively i know where he ranks in the league and it's bottom five in pretty much every category defensively i can't imagine there's much worse shortstops than he is and it's not it's not an error thing because for some Would reason the scorekeeper doesn't him give him errors or geo urshela every day oh geo urshela every right day. there's nothing about that trade to the twins that i like no it was the, it's one of the worst there's two Listen, I Cashman, love Gary. Cashman. Even though, imagine if Gary was backing up Trevino. If instead of Higashioka, Trevino every, probably doesn't happen without trading Gary. Probably, I'm just because they like, ride with Higgy. But that's the mistake again. But that's just like bad. Listen, it's bad management. Cashman this year will go down as like this might be one of his worst years ever. It will be if they don't because they, like if they collapse, if they don't win this division at this dude, point. Even if they even if they don't collapse, it's still like mind bogging bogging. Oh god! No, because this team could still win the World Series. The Jordan Montgomery trade—that's wild. It's pretty at this crazy. Point we could say now it's been enough time. It's pretty bad, and unless Bader comes back and, and like, like listen. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm some Jordan Montgomery stand. No, like, I, I needed him on the he team. He was my least favorite starter, but like. But that's your job as general manager, who we haven't even seen yet. Like when your center field situation is the way that it is, and your starting rotation situation is the way that it is, going into the playoffs as bad, you're falling into collapse. It's bad, crazy move. It's crazy, it's crazy move. And then it's like, okay, Gio Rochella is gone. Which at the time when we traded for Josh Donaldson, all everyone online was saying was like, "Well, you know, it's an upgrade." And I wasn't sold. No. I was like, "I don't know if it is an upgrade." Gio Rochella is, is at a this point better. Defensive short. He's a proven commodity to you. Even if he's not better defensively, he's not like worse. He's not that big of a step back. That's what I'm saying. He can't be that much worse than Josh Donaldson defensively. I, Josh I think he's Donaldson's probably been better good, though defensively. Josh Donaldson has been great defensively. He can't hit his way out of a fucking paper bag though. Gio's much better at this point in his career. Do we know what his numbers are though? Since going I to the Twins, he's, betting a, he's probably hitting closer to 260 than Donaldson is. Well. <laughs> I'm. I haven't I even. I guarantee you, Donaldson's batting two twenty five with a three. I hope thirty three on base. I'm assuming your show's Gio Urshela is a bad. No, it's pretty good year right. for for Gio. Gio Urshela's batting two seventy. Yeah, two sixty seven. 
Okay, with a 350 on base? No, on base is only 310. Oh, see, that's bad. But, I mean... His, his OPS is higher. His OPS is a 736. That's awesome. Yeah, if he's getting the 730... He's got 11 homers, he's got a 112 OPS plus. What's what's Josh Donaldson's OPS plus? I think Josh Donaldson probably is about a 310 or so on base, too. No, his on, his on base has to be higher. I don't know. It's probably close. Maybe 330. But he's batting 222 with 12 homers. So he has... He's got Geo by one home run. And is hitting way lower. His on... The exact same on base of 310. And his... OPS is 694. What are you doing? Siri. You dick. Are we still recording? Yeah. Sometimes it just stops randomly now. <sighs> yeah, I mean, the 694 OPS and his his OPS plus is 99. So, yeah, like, he's a worse offensive player. Although, Josh Donaldson, Josh Donaldson has a much higher war, like a full war higher, which really shows that war is a stupid stat. Yeah. But yeah, I'd much rather have Gio Rochelle playing every War day is than a him. stat invented by Brian Cashman to justify the shitty moves he makes. <laughs> what if that's all War was? War was like, is a stat invented Cashman to make the like, Yankees I'm... make decisions that destroy them from within. It's crazy. <laughs> Look, we have a better player. Dude, I just don't understand how like you think getting IKF to play shortstop and Josh Allenson to be your third baseman was the move. Like that was the move of the offseason. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So, but that's where I come back to like I love I mean, the idea right of playing the kids. On Judge, though. I love the idea of playing the kids. I want to see Peraza. I want to see Volpe. I want to see Dominguez. But can that be your plan? Don't you need to get real proven talent? And I'm not saying proven talent like a Josh Donaldson. That's that's also not proven talent. If you want to win, young or in their prime talent. Where's that? Where's where have been those moves? Yeah, can we suck in like thirty-six year old like? Or just like Although projects? I want him to get Freddie Freeman. So Freddie Freeman's in this prime of his career. He's, yeah, he's getting close to the end of his prime, but he's got at least two to three more years in it. God, he's been incredible this year. Rizzo's been okay. Rizzo's been weird. <laughs> Rizzo's been like... I think Rizzo's actually a great example, though, of, like... It really is the Yankees' philosophy that, like... I've been saying this they for say, how long? They say, we don't care how you hit the ball. Just hit home runs. And I hate the fans who are like, oh, they hit too many homers. Because that's not necessarily the problem. The problem is they don't do enough other than that. Homers are great. But you gotta... Freaking at the ball, man. You can't have a whole team of 220 hitters. Oswaldo Cabrera has the second highest batting average on the team. <laughs> what is he hitting? 240? Two, 265. That's your second highest batting average on the team. After Judge. Well, actually, that's not true because Ben like a 300 hitter. But I don't even count it. He's looking good. So I give it a week before the Yankees are like, why don't you try to lift the ball more? I really like Ben Tendy on this team. I think he's the perfect. Like. What do you think about... If the other pieces worked, he'd be perfect. But you know, the I've rest been, of the pieces are garbage. There's been a lot of, like, lineup talks. I mean, you've talked about a lot about lineups. Yeah. Like, where to put guys, and where, do you drop DJ or Benny lower? Mm-hmm. What if you did, like, a little sandwich? Okay. Like, a leadoff DJ or a leadoff Benny, then Judge, and then the other one. Slide Rizzo and Stanton further down. Like, put Rizzo five, put Stanton four, and have, like... The contact guy of DJ or Benny break up Judge 
Because then it's like, contact guy, Judge, contact guy, Stanton. And then Rizzo, Donaldson, Glaber. They'd probably want Benny to be the three guy because he's the lefty, but I'd rather put Benny Benintendi one. Yeah, me too. I think he's a better leadoff guy. And I think I think DJ would be a better three guy. But I don't know. But yeah, I think that tonight's going to be an important game because you really want to win so that you don't risk falling below that seven <laughs> number. Because... I think once that psychologically hits that you're well, that low when it's six. The good 5, news is it can't get to six and a half tonight. It can only get to seven or eight today. Okay, because well, who's off? The Rays. The Rays are off. Hopefully, you put it back up to eight. Give you at least put one it back up full, to eight. And you're like one full day to feel breathe. Feel great. Get to September first, and it's still over seven. You'll be happy. Once September starts, I will lower my number to six and a half. Yeah, but. <laughs> it's still not September first, though. As of this recording, it's still only the 29th. Um, like if they go out and lose this fucking game tonight, <laughs> which they're probably going to, then it really you're going to start to sweat. You're on a three-game losing streak again. You were just still, on a winning streak. You are still holding nine against the Blue Jays, which is nice. Not that it matters at this point, because <clears throat> just anyone on your tail is going to hurt you. <laughs> Especially the Rays, who like have owned you in recent years and have a history of like. Making you lose. I mean, you got to be careful of both because if you if you fall too far behind, you're going to be out of both spots. The wild card's pretty tight. I don't know. And like, what do we do about what do we do about Montas? Just like, if he's like, if we keep pitching, he wasn't him, bad last night. He pitches tonight. Pitches tonight. Like, let's say he's not good tonight against he's the Angels. He's going to be great. He dominates the Angels. The Angels, though, have been playing pretty hot, and they've been scoring a lot of runs. But, like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, how many start? How many starts left does Montas have? Five? Six? What happens if, like... They all have to be gems, really. Right? Like, what happens <laughs> if, like, he comes in after six starts and his ERA is, like, in these six starts is, like, a 3-9? You're going to start hearing a lot more about That's Seve. your number two guy in the, in the playoffs? You're going to hear a lot more about Sevy. That's not even my number three guy in the playoffs. You're going to start hearing a lot more about Nestor coming off the IL and a lot and more about Seve. The so then, will be, so then why did we trade for him? Why get, wouldn't you have just kept Montgomery at that point? Because you need Montgomery to ev- evolve. and like Just like Pokemon sometimes to be traded in order to evolve into the next level of pitcher. You needed Montgomery to be able to evolve so that you could pursue him in free agency and apologize with a nice contract. No, because then he's going to come here and suck again. He's probably going to end up as a Met and be like the outlater of like the good Mets. For, good for him if he is. So. The Yankees are in a bad spot. There's really no other they're way. They're in a good spot because they still do have a seven and a half game lead. But they're acting like... But they're already defeated. They're acting bad. as if they still have a 15 and a half game lead. If you think about it in terms of like morale on a battlefield, the morale... Is low. Is low. So like things can happen quick. Like, here's what I was thinking. When morale is low. You turned it around and won five in a row. Okay. All you had to do was like after... You're going to lose eventually. That's fine. Follow up that loss with a win. Don't follow it up with another awful loss. I don't mind the second loss because splitting but the they were four-game series. They were bad losses. Okay, but splitting the four-game series in Oakland isn't the worst thing. A lot of so many foul ball outs, like all these lame things, pass balls, shit like that. Whatever. This game tonight, though, to avoid the three-game losing streak and start off a good in a good way against the Angels is really important because if you lose tonight, I think then you're risking... 
losing two out of three to the Angels. If being you like, lose, you have to avoid the two out of three. If you lose two games out of three in Anaheim, you're gonna wind up losing a game and a half in the standings, which would bring you to six. Probably, because you gotta assume that these other teams are gonna start winning now. You know, Rays. I I would. They smell blood in the water. The Rays, I think, miss Alcantara. So they don't get Miami's best. So you got to think they're just going to take both games from the Marlins. So you got to win. You almost have to sweep the Angels, or like you're going to lose. You're going to lose ground. That'd be great if you could. It'd really help you. And then you That'd have be to nice go if you play just stop losing. There's a path. There's a path to this. To your lead being two and a half in the next six like days. A week. <laughs> that's what I said. It's unlikely. But that's what I said about the seven game lead. Like it could disappear in a blink. Like, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. But let's say like rock bottom is. You lose tonight. Alright, there's a half game right there. It's now seven. Then you lose your next two. Sweep. Raise sweep. Now we're down to five. Sweep sweep. Raise sweep ya. Two. Two. It could get to two. What is what would you, what would we be saying if it's down to two? Yeah, you'd be right in the funeral dirges. It's over. And then you're probably only looking at like a three four, or four game, game lead in the, the wild, wild card. card. And then it's like you're probably losing that because you're <laughs> awful. You can't win. I mean, look at them since the All Star break. They are a bad team. They're an awful the team. Wor- one of the worst teams in baseball. It's like them and the Tigers. You were one of the best teams in baseball. Now you're one of the worst teams in baseball. Do you know what we have to... I saw this stat today. Do you know what they have to go to get to the 100 win mark? Which at one point felt like the easiest lock of all time. They have to go 22 and 12. This team can't go 22 and 12. Not right now. There was a point in time, I remember I did the math. I was like, if they play 500 baseball the rest of the way, they're going to have 111 wins. It's going to be amazing. 500 baseball, 111 wins. Works, and it's this like... This is called... You better scrap and claw your way to 98 wins. This is the magic R word. Yeah, they regressed, man. They really did. Over a long enough sample size, you will show who you are. That's what I don't like, though. Like, on the the Baseball Today show, Ploof is like, I told you this was going to happen, though, Yankee fans. No, not everyone can be good all year. It's like... But, like... But that's not true, because, like, the, the Dodgers have been good all year. The Astros have been good all year. The Mets have been good all year. Yeah, but not that good, though. The Dodgers just lost five games over the last two months. And yeah. no one's talking about well, it. Well, yeah. Like, they can still go out and win 111 or 12. It's crazy. Yeah. The Dodgers are... But what I'm saying is, like, there's always going to be the regression. Not always going to be the regression for teams that are that good, but, like, the possibility of regression is always going to be there when you get that hot. And the Yankees just were that tar- They were just prime for it because they were full of terrible Dodgers, old players. The Dodgers are two games players. away from hitting 90 wins. What a shame. Yeah, like the Yankees don't look like they can compete with that right now. No. But that's baseball because there was a point in time in the season when you, you thought no one can compete with the Yankees. Yeah, so... So but we'll see what they look like when you get to the playoffs. It, if you get there, it now. just does feel like they are at. We know they're not the worst team. We know they're not the best team. But it does feel like they're closer to this reality than they are to that first half reality. Well, it's because we're people of the moment, and this and is the moment in we're in. And obviously, like 
when they're playing like garbage every day, it's hard to say, yeah, but they're closer to the really good team. No, the, the team that's going out there every day and losing is the team that they look like. They can't hit. They it's need wild. to just, just they just need to just win games, man. It's wild. The amount of times they go out and just get blanked and put up like four hits. They can't hit. Like four hits? That's the best you can muster in a game? Four no runs. No one on base. Yeah. It's ugly. It's disgusting is what it is. Alright, let's get started. We're running out of time. Running out of daylight here. <laughs> 